Buying an investment property is a calculated risk with many benefits for your long-term wealth creation. Today, we get some fantastic tips on the best way to minimise your tax with the right investments through negative gearing. Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langada. Real Estate Right is reaching new goals every week with new episodes, exciting guests and brilliant, easy to understand information everyone needs to know if they want to get their real estate right. Rate us and review us on your favorite podcast service to keep us going and ensure you get all your real estate info right. Jeff Gartley is a fabulous chartered accountant based in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne. He thrives on helping mum and dad investors and high worth individuals build their businesses and create wealth. He has a passion for property and his 30 years in the tax industry has ensured he has helped many of his clients get it right when it comes to tax and property investing. Welcome, Jeff. Yay. How are you? Very well, thanks, Sue, on this uh, great Friday afternoon. Oh, that's good for you. Um, Now, how did you get into accounting? Oh, a long time ago, about 30 years. Um, my dad yeah. was an accountant um, and I decided to follow suit and um, I started working for... Family a, trade. Yeah, yeah. And then worked for a firm in Cranbourne and then um, went into uh, work for a firm in South Yarra that did property development and stuff yeah. in Tasmania. Um, and mm-hmm. done my own about 20 years ago. Yeah. No. So <laughs> lots of change since then, haven't they? <laughs> yes, lots yep. of tax changes, not always for the best, but the tax rates have come down. Which is good. Now, so on to the topic. So what is negative gearing? Okay, negative gearing is broken up into components. So we've got the gearing component and we've also got the negative component. Uh, negative gearing is when you borrow money to invest in an asset. So um, usually a property in this case, and a lot of uh, all of my clients, a lot of taxpayers actually invest in property using a loan. And the negative gearing aspect is the fact that um, the rent is less than the expenses. So, can we take a real example? Um, yeah, take a real example. Got a client who um, invests down in, say, uh, Mentone with a property. Um, they'll get let's say thousand dollars a week rent. Um, Mm-hmm. And their expenses and interest would be, say, $1,500. So the negative mm-hmm. aspect of it is $500 um, per yeah. week. Now, combining all that, um, and we put that into our tax return, it means that they'll have quite a large um, shortfall, which they yeah. claim against their tax and reduce their tax. Yeah. However... Yeah. So 500 times 52 weeks is... Yeah. $26,000. So that's, that's probably excessive. But um, yep. the 26000 then allows them to claim a tax deduction. So this is where the whole component of negative gearing comes into it. So um, yeah. predominantly people that are wealthy will use negative gearing mm. because the higher the um, tax rate, the better negative gearing tax effect you actually yeah. get. So, for instance, on a 10000 negative loss, and you're on the top tax bracket of, say, 45 cents in the dollar, you'll get 
25 percent yeah. of that back yeah Does that make so sense? that's yep that's a mini holiday for yes, some. exactly for some and quite often <laughs> we'll see quite a few clients get back big refunds every year if they haven't varied their tax during the year not everyone gets that sort of benefit and that's that's why negative gearing aspects have changed a bit over the years. So yeah. um, with the lowering of the tax rates um, and especially the lowering of the interest rates, we're now seeing people having positive gear property, yes, which is the other way of negative gearing. That's a whole other episode. It is, yes. <laughs> so. so, okay, who can claim the tax benefits? Uh, virtually anyone that's got a property that owns the property. So um, if you don't, if you're not on the title, you're actually not entitled to a share of that property. So, um, and that can be confusing for a husband and wife where the husband and the wife both uh, agree to pay the loan off, but the actual house might be in the name of the, the husband or, or the wife, depending on who it is. Yeah. Um, and they will claim the tax deduction. Mm. So um, just- not necessarily... The joint. Yeah. So the tax office will always look back at the the actual um, what who's on the title. Yeah. Fair enough, because that could be a little tricky um, side clause, if you like, isn't it? Yeah, it could be. Um, it has has caused problems because in the past the tax office weren't up with technology, but now they can basically see who owns what, mm. and they also can see when you sell a property. And they'll expect their share of the tax back. Of course they will. <laughs> hmm. uh, how can negative gearing help you get tax deductions when you rent out your investment? Yeah, uh, look, there is more negative gearing. Um, actually, let's just expand on that because okay. there's lots of tax changes in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And that's impacting on negative gearing as well. So if we think of negative gearing as a process, um, we've got, Interest, which is the main thing that people know about. Yeah. Then we've got rates, taxes, uh, repairs. Yeah. People used to be able to claim travel to and from their property, yeah. which added to the, the loss, which now you can't. Mm. People used to be able to get uh, really good depreciation benefits on a property, which is only now limited to new properties, not people that buy them the second time around. So negative gearing yeah. is slowly being brought back a little bit. Yeah, so you can't you can't claim on the new carpet that you put in the house. Well, no, um, you, you can, but if you bought the house off me and I put the new carpet in, you can't claim it. Oh, okay. Own, so only the first owner gets the actual uh, depreciation claim, not the second and third. Okay. So, um, so they're trying to encourage new investments in that area. Yeah, yeah, so, fair enough. Um, and the other big trick with negative gearing is yeah. capital growth. So if you have... How does that work? Well, if your property keeps going up, in the aspect of negative gearing, um, if you don't have a capital growth, you're actually not doing negative gearing quite well. So um, best way to describe it is if your property is creating a loss, um, so it's costing you money to hold, if you're not getting the capital growth, you're actually not actually improving... Mm your net value. So not so much these days, but earlier on in the piece, um, clients weren't making a lot of money out of the investment property. So not only were they paying out for it, but at the end, they weren't getting any capital growth. So there's really no point in holding that property. Yeah, Um, so 
yeah. So if so, if you're making that twenty six thousand dollar loss every year, and yeah, not and it's only growing like twenty thousand a year, then yes, then there's no point. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be very extreme. Yeah, that that must be a property in Portfolio somewhere because that would be a reasonable value. Um, yeah, <laughs> but in in the early nineties, um, a lot of clients were having to sell their property because after five years they weren't making a lot of money on it. Mm. Uh, so they're parting out this, you know, ten twenty grand yeah. a year and coming out with not much value. Yeah, moving forward. and you find that a lot of investors who maybe buy apartments would be changing their hands of the apartments quite often or not, especially. Um, actually, it's been a mixture. Uh, a lot of clients have gone off apartments now. Yeah, um, they go to older townhouses. Um, yeah. and a lot of them like to fix them up and then rent them out and then sell them. Mm. Uh, so most, look, I haven't seen many clients not make a couple of gain over the last 10 years on their property. Yeah. From, uh, so most, most are in front. Yeah. It's a good thing. That's what, that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. Why is it good to negative gear a property? I suppose there's two aspects to it. Um, it's good for both your own long-term value yeah. And it's also a false savings. So a lot of people use it for forced savings. Yeah. Because taking out a loan means they can't go and have a you know, good time at a restaurant once a week because they've got to pay off this loan. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of Australians particularly like to go into property, as you would know. Yes. Um, with the benefit of uh, being able to, um, you know, get a nice return at the end of it. Mm. And some of my clients have made a couple hundred grand, which goes towards their retirement yeah that's what you want you want it to be building your your wealth over the long term don't you yes Mm. yeah yeah rather than um you know and if you buy in the right spot you'll definitely do that yeah so what are some of the pitfalls when it comes to negative gearing oh um paying too much for the property because obviously you're not going to get the capital growth yeah um and that will impact um thinking that it's an immediate tax write off of 100% of what you have to pay out. So um, some clients think that, that, you know, you lose $10,000, you're actually getting a $10,000 refund. But you're it's not. It's only limited to, yeah, only about 30, 30% of that. Yeah. Um, not taking the advice of refinancing every couple of years to get a better interest rate. Mm. Um, and the final one is if someone... It's highly negative geared, which is say 100% of the property. Yeah. And they're relying on that as a tax benefit and the tenant leaves. Um, that can cause problems if they don't have sufficient um, finance behind them to repay the loan. Yeah. Until they find a new tenant. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it, it's tricky. Like the whole property management side of things can can really stuff things up if you're so super reliant on that money coming in from your investment. It's it's a risk, isn't it? Yeah. Like anything. Yeah. Um, most clients that take risks, um, you know, understand the implications. And it's interesting, um, just from a background, because the ATO sends statistics on who actually invests yeah. negative year in property, um, and it tends to be high high worth individuals. High worth individuals. Um, yeah. Yeah, general managers, lawyers accountants, 
teachers, is a high percentage of teachers and nurses, surprisingly. Okay. So, um, yeah, 1.6 billion worth of losses is generated by negative gearing. Wow. It's a a big industry. It is. I'm sure it is. Okay, so we will have a short break and come back with more of Jeff Gartley from Gartley Advisory with general advice about some other benefits when it comes to investing. You're listening to Real Estate Right. I'm your host, Sue Langader, and I'm on today with Jeff Gartley from Gartley Advisory talking about negative gearing. So, Jeff, what are some of the good strategies when it comes to negative gearing and investment ownership? Any hot tips? Uh, Hot tips would be uh, plan. That's probably my biggest uh, tip for today. Because a lot of clients don't think about the long-term implications of holding property mm-hmm. um, and they may choose to put it in their own name um, and not think about the future or whether they're going to live in it. Some clients choose to buy an investment property and eventually they'll move into it. So yeah. um, that's also an aspect of it. Um, and working out the difference between personal debt and tax deductible debt. Yeah. So often yeah. Um, if you don't, if you pay down your tax deductible debt ahead of your personal debt, then that means that you're reducing your tax deduction for the interest. So um, and sometimes pay the tax deductible debt, debt first before your personal debt. Yes. Correct. Yep. yep. Um, and sometimes when you finance and you finance your house and an investment property at the same time, it's the one loan. So it's a really good idea to have separate the loans. Yeah. Um, and if you have spare money and you want to pay off the, investment property to put it in a mortgage offset account against that investment property because the tax office look at the loan and as soon as you pay off the loan and you want to redraw on it um if it's not in if it's not in a separate um offset account then you then they won't allow you to claim the interest on the redraw Uh, does that make sense yeah so yeah so that's your big tips um and the other side of it is that people don't like to hear but it's it's what happens is when you sell the property you've got to be prepared to pay the capital gains yeah so try and sell the property in a year when you don't make much money is that right or when you retire yeah yeah or if you're like some of my clients they accumulate them and they never pay them off and they never sell them and then eventually they go to their kids and then that just keeps going down yeah that would be nice but (laughs) it would be yeah that's when it's more positive year when I have a couple of clients that just live off their rental role. Yeah. yeah. Four or five houses and they go around and collect their money and, yes. and that's enough to give them uh, their self-funded retiree money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. funny. Um, uh, we had an episode earlier in this year with Frank Volantic and he said uh, that it's something like 0.07% of the Australian population actually have investment properties enough to completely fund their Retirement. Yeah, there's, there's it's not a lot, but there's it's a few. not a lot. Yeah, no. So yeah. most people, I, I think, I, it seems to be trendy a couple of years ago to do negative gearing, but I think young couples are struggling enough to try and get enough for their own property. Yeah, that getting into a second one is getting a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But if you can do it, it's certainly worth doing. Yes, I'm sure. 
So what is the property allowance schedule for extra tax? Okay, so if you buy a new property, um, you're entitled to claim 2.5% of the capital allowance on the property value, of the building value, not the property value. Yeah. Um, so, and there's other depreciation on, you know, lights, carpets, mm-hmm. you know, other furniture. Um, so normally you get a building surveyor to provide that. Yeah. And that will give you an extra tax deduction of maybe 10, 15,000 deduction a year, which yeah. is equivalent to another couple of grand in your um, tax return refund. Nice. So worth doing for, yeah, for the newer properties, definitely worth doing. They yeah. changed the rules a couple of years ago and the older properties um, don't get the same benefits. Yeah. But it's still, there's still some benefits there, but you just don't get, um, you used to be able to go in there, buy the second-hand property, get a, a, a valuer to come in and uh, give you a, a depreciation report and you can continue claiming that depreciation. Now that's stopped and that's what we talked about a bit earlier. Mm. On yes, shame. So it's only really for buying brand-new houses you can get that really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, mainly. Um, sometimes we do recommend it. Um, quite, quite often um, you may have owned a property for many years and you didn't realise you could actually claim it. Yeah. Um, we look up from another accountant that hasn't been claiming. So you can still do it, um, but there's a certain date, I think it was about two years ago or three years ago, when they stopped it moving forward. Yeah. So for people who acquire second-hand properties. How to take advantage of it is make sure your accountant's on top of that sort of thing, Yeah. Yeah, and to ring up a reputable quantity surveyor and they'll be able to tell you straight away whether they can help you. Um, yeah. And if they do, they just basically go out and have a look at the property. Um, yeah. They make a time with the tenant and um, a couple hundred bucks and you've got a nice report. Um, yeah. And in most cases, most clients are presently supplied, surprised with the results. That okay. Tax. Yeah, nice. Uh, there is a tax adjustment when you sell the property though, which you should be aware of so some of that tax um building allowance has got to be added back oh, okay but it's still worth claiming. it's like a timing difference yeah but it's still worth claiming yeah especially if you're high income as we said in the early years of your life yeah um the problem. so how about capital gains how can we manage it so we don't get slugged with a huge tax bill when we sell the investment ah uh, yep yeah. um well I think you alluded to a good strategy, which is sell when you don't have a lot of income, and that may be retirement. Um, It may be when um, you've leveled out a bit and you can just manage to pay off the the capital gains in one go using maybe other sources of um, tax deduction, such as superannuation. Um, Or you might have already split the property into two so that, someone else is taking half share of the capital gains. Yeah. Um, and it might have been done at time of purchase mm-hmm. or you may have strategically um, sold off half to your wife or to your brother or someone else or to a friend yeah. halfway through and paid the capital gains then and then they will pay the capital gains when they sell the property. Okay. So, yeah, it just depends on how, um, depends on your situation. Every situation is different. Yeah. Um, sometimes um, I've had clients where the opportunity to sell a property is pretty good and they've decided to get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, and obviously that means that they just pay the, the capital gains tax. But a lot of people, when they think about selling a property, will factor in the fact that they've got to pay capital gains yeah. tax. 
and they have a value in their head that they want to sell it to. Yeah. So in terms of, uh, say, you've got a half million dollars sort of house, you paid half yep. million dollars for it. Um, in, say, 10 years, it grew to 800000 um, yep. So you got a $300,000 capital gain. Yeah. So, so that 300000 uh, is that would be considered your income for that financial year, would it? Part of your income, yeah. So yep. you'd throw that into your tax return. Yep. Um, you'd get what's called a capital gains discount, which is a 50% because you've held it for more than 12 yep. months. So that gain is halved to 150000 Yeah. And then based on that, you'd pay tax at your marginal rate. Yeah. So if you're making, say, $50,000 and you've gained one hundred and fifty, you've actually made two hundred grand a year? Yep. Yep. So your marginal rate, because tax is paid marginally on each scale, um, by that stage, you're up at the top tax bracket, which is 180,000. So that extra 20 grand out of that 150 will pay tax at the high rate. And then you pay a portion on the middle rate. So averages out to probably about 35%. Okay. 40% tax. So overall. you might be paying 70 grand in tax for the year if you're making 200 grand. Yeah, on a, on a, on a 300 grand gain, yeah. you probably pay, yeah, maybe 60, 70,000. Yeah. But in saying that, you know, you've gained $230,000. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. I'd take that. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll share it. We'll split, we'll split it. Split hey? it, hey? Yeah, that would be nice. Um, <laughs> And yeah. you've also and it comes, reduced your mortgage over time, so you've actually got a bit more. Yeah, and and if you play your cards right, you might have retired, so you may not have that fifty thousand income. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, you just don't know. Yeah. So, but but planning is a good thing. Yeah, to definitely. Do. Um, now, how can we benefit from negative gearing if we inherit an investment property? That's interesting. Um, okay. Well, sometimes um, if you inherit it outright, you won't obviously have a loan on yeah. it. Um, but often what happens in families is that um, there's a property sitting there in dad's estate and you decide that you want to buy it yeah. and you have to pay out your two kid, your two, two brothers or your sister. Yeah. Um, so let's say it was worth 500000 and you had to pay them two fifty. That would form part of a, a loan yeah. and that would be the negative gearing aspect of it. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, you... Uh, Part of it would be your cost base is based depending on how it, it's transpired with the dad's own the property before capital gains. But if it was post, uh, you'd pick up his half share of the cost base plus the 250 cost base that you've had to pay someone else to buy it off. So, um, again, it comes back to seeing a good lawyer and accountant depending on what's going on yeah. in dad's estate and to whether you want the property or not. Yeah, what's the calculation? Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, so negative gearing is very much about how you can structure it with your finances. Yeah, and taking it to a, an overall approach. Yeah. So, is there any, um, anything we've missed out in terms of um, negative gearing that people should know about? Um, I think we could summarise, and we could say the negative gearing strategy mm. is you'll make a profit on the following circumstances, and that's if the asset rises in value. Mm. Um, if the income stream rises above the cost of the interest, obviously, yeah. then you're going to start making profit. And that can be scary for people that aren't, don't realise that they've actually gone from a negative geared property to a positive geared property. Yeah. And when they've gone to do their tax return, they've ended up with a tax bill rather than a tax refund. Mm. I think um, I had that this year, didn't I? 
Yeah, yeah. So that can happen. And that's a good thing too, because it means that the property is self-sustaining. Yeah. Um, the other thing is you could have a self-sustaining property, but it's actually not going to give you the value that it, it wants. So I had a client earlier this year who had a property in the country that was basically giving him maybe $100 a week excess. Yeah. But then he decided that he didn't want that property anymore and he actually lost value on it. So um, so that's where the negative gearing aspect doesn't quite work for people if the value doesn't increase. Yeah. Um, so if you did sell your property at a loss, can you get a capital loss? Oh, yeah, that's great. Yep. So you can get the loss, but often where the negative gearing aspect doesn't work for someone is if it's a one-off loss. Yeah. So if you're a mum and dad and you're struggling a bit and you go into this thing and you end up with a capital loss, yeah. often you'll never even use it. Yeah. So, so um, say for instance, that $500,000, you know, apartment that we built, um, yeah. you know, sell it in, you know, five years time for four seventy. that $30,000 loss is. Would be carried for against other capital gains. So, and you say so you're making 50 grand a year. You've lost that thirty grand. So does that mean your income is done on twenty thousand or not? Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> did I just confuse you? I think you've confused you on that one. Okay, so say I'm making fifty thousand dollars in my normal job. Oh no, no, sorry. Okay, so capital losses cannot be um, offset against capital um, normal income. So capital losses can be only offset against capital gains. So you're going to sell two properties at the same time. Yeah, so you'd have to leave that loss sitting there, unfortunately. So. Um, and the other third one that we didn't talk about, we make a profit is when yeah. interest rates come down. So we're seeing a lot more clients coming in with positively geared property than negatively geared property at the moment. Because the interest rates are down. Yep. Yep. Which is all right. I wouldn't mind an extra hundred dollars in my pay packet and pay tax on it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's always an advantage. Yeah. So, so I think we've covered it all. Thank you so much, Jeff, for some really enlightening info on the tax benefits of it we, we can get through investing. Now, do you have any special offers for Real Estate Right listeners? Uh, certainly. If they want to come and talk to me, um, we're happy to do a quick probably Zoom and see the best way at the moment. Yeah. Um, and we can have a quick chat about their situation. Um, and certainly if they've got a number of rental properties, we can talk about the structure. Um, and the potential capital gains. So happy to have a quick chat to anybody that wants to reach out and give us a call yep. at the office on 95979966. Beautiful. Or you can also contact them through their website, which is www.gartleyadvisory.com.au. Thanks so much, Jeff. Very good. Thank you. So next week we have Tanya Bell from Green Room Interiors to talk to us about knowing your benchtops. So many benchtops to choose from, yet people tend to go for the trend rather than the durability, hygiene, and what actually is best for your kitchen. So we will go through all the well-known and the not-so-well-known benchtops that are on the market so you can be more informed about what makes a great benchtop for your kitchen. Don't miss it. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production, hosted, written and produced by me, Sue Langada. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music and Zoom for our video link. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Real Estate Right on your favourite podcast platform. And if you would like to ask one of our experts a question on the podcast, email your questions to sue at realestateright.com.au. 
Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right. Oh, yeah.